And you've all, you all have your own answers to that question. And we've heard from those who've taken part in our service tonight share the meaning and significance of Christmas for them. But the main question that I want us to consider before we close our service tonight is, what did Christmas mean to Jesus? Uh, what did it mean for him? And I think there are fewer passages that answer this question as clearly as a certain passage in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Why don't you turn there with me? Uh, if you're new to church, there's, a, there's often a Bible just in front of you. It's got a, a dark red cover. And if you want to turn to page 1179, uh, you'll find this passage there. Philippians, that's the name of the book. Chapter 2, that's the big number on the page. And we're going to read from verse 5, which is one of the tiny little numbers tucked away in there. Uh, you'll be able to find that. Uh, for those of you who know this text, it's not really an obvious choice of Christmas text. Uh, but it's a passage that mentions really the same event that Matthew and Luke would focus on in their gospel stories at the beginning, accounting Jesus' uh, birth. Uh, that event when the Son of God became a man. And admittedly, it does mention that event very briefly and with a bit of a difference. There's no mention of any shepherds. Uh, there's no mention of a star. Uh, no angels making announcements. No Mary, no Joseph. Uh, yet it provides something unique, I think. It, it, it gives us an idea of what was going on, if you like, behind the scenes at Christmas, of Christmas time. So you could say that Philippians chapter 2, 5 to 11 gives you the equivalent of a backstage pass to the Christmas story. You all know what a backstage pass is, of course. You don't have to wait for the band to come on stage before you see them. You get to arrive early. You get to hang with them before the gig starts. And you get to stick around afterwards too to see what goes on behind the scenes. Well, I think Philippians 2 is something of a backstage pass. It takes us behind the scenes of the Christmas event. And so we should read it together. This is a passage about the Lord Jesus Christ where... It says in verse 6, Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him, that is lifted up, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. This is God's words. Well, did you see the Christmas story in brief? It's right there in verse 7, talking of Jesus Christ, God the Son, who made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. There's Christmas. No sheep, no shepherds, no star, nothing. Are you disappointed? Don't be. 
Because this backstage pass to the Christmas story is the very thing that's going to help you grasp the whole meaning and the significance of this event of God the Son, Jesus, born as a baby. Verse 6 takes us backstage before the main event to show us what happened before Bethlehem. And verses 8 to 11 then shows what happened after Bethlehem. And those are the two things I'm going to hinge this on, okay? What happened before Bethlehem? Look at verses 6 and 7 with me. We say, baby Jesus is God the Son. Verse 6 tells us the one who was born in Bethlehem is in very nature, that is in his being, God. All that makes God, God... The baby in the manger was, okay? Uh, he had power, authority, and glory. He is the creator of all things. The one who put planets in their place with precision. The one who created chromosomes, the lots. At Bethlehem, the omnipotent son of God had little limbs. Uh, tiny, uncoordinated arms and legs like babies have bound up tight in the swaddling clothes applied by a woman he by his nature created it's incredible, incredible to think that backstage before Bethlehem Jesus Christ is the author and the sustainer of life how did he come to be born at Bethlehem is a question we should be asking, verse 6 shows us exactly what went on to make this Christmas event possible for us. Christ Jesus, verse 6, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Now, what does that mean? That, uh, that being God isn't really up to much? You know, it, that it's not as good as it sounds being deity, being God? No, of course not. What then? It means that God the Son did not want to use his deity, his godness, if you like, for his own advantage. He didn't look at his godness, if you like, as something for him, but as something for others. That's why we read of what he did in verse 7. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Now, here we go. We're getting to the crux of Christmas, aren't we? This is what Christmas meant for Jesus, the laying down of his rights and of his privileges as Almighty God. That's what we're reading in these verses. Before Bethlehem, God the Son lays down his rights and privileges. He made himself nothing. Did you notice that that means that he did this willingly? He chose to. He took on human flesh, the one who was fully divine, all glorious, before coming in human form. And don't misunderstand this. He, he the one who was fully divine, took on that which would make him fully man. He didn't exchange deity his godness for humanity it's that in his deity his godness he took on flesh but that's not all he did according to the apostle paul who wrote this he took the very nature of a servant so before bethlehem he laid down his rights and privileges but even in his in the form of man in his human likeness 
His whole life was one of a continual, I'm laying down this, right? I'm laying down this. He took the very nature of a servant. Now, in the original language, the word that's used for servant there is unmistakable. It is the word slave. In other words, a picture is being painted for us of one with no rights, no rank, no significance, no status. All that he was to do was to serve. So before Bethlehem, God the Son, Jesus Christ, was willingly relinquishing his position of kingly majesty. Behind the scenes, the plan and the purpose of God meant that God was, in a sense, taking on what Martin Luther once called left-handed power. If you're right-handed, you'll understand this. You might be standing on the seashore, somewhere like Canty Bay, for example, and you might have a quality skimming stone in your hand. Now, if you are right-handed, forgive me, those left-handed brothers and sisters, you might be left-handed and you can skim that stone and you can count 12, 15, 20. Some of you are thinking, yeah, right. Now, some of you are actually thinking, I've beaten that. Anyway, it, with that power, you can skim a stone well. But have you ever tried it with your left hand? Forgive me, ladies, but you, we throw like girls whenever we swap hands, okay? That's what happens. It just, it's true. It's embarrassing. Jesus had authority and power, but from a certain kind that arises naturally from a willed helplessness. He chose to humble himself, to lay down his rights and privileges, to lay down his rights, his strength, the totality of his glory. Sure, we still see him perform amazing miracles that point to the fact that he is deity. But this one who enjoyed perfect fellowship with the Father and the Spirit, who enjoyed the praise of heaven, do you get this? Opted for this world. Opted for those little tiny uncoordinated hands and feet and legs and arms. So what did Christmas mean for Jesus? Essentially surrendering his status. Giving up those privileges. Now I think that makes Bethlehem the place where every thoughtful person must ask, stop and wonder, what is he doing? Like why? If you had all of that, why would you stop? Why would you stoop so low and humble yourself that much? That the eternal one would enter time. That the all holy one would expose himself to temptation. That the one who is immortal would actually, at the end of his earthly life, die. You thought about that? That's mind blowing. Well, the good news for us is that Philippians 2 tells us. We don't just get a glimpse of what happened before Bethlehem. We see what happened after that Christmas event. As I've said, this laying down, this self-emptying didn't stop at his birth. It was the very pattern of his life. It took him all the way to a cross where he would fully and finally lay down his life. Verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross 
So before Bethlehem, God the Son laid down his rights and privileges. After Bethlehem, God the Son laid down his life. He laid down his life. And what the Apostle Paul is doing here in Philippians 2 is showing us, helping us understand that the cross and Christmas are meant to be understood together. It's part of the same story. Christmas might very well be the opening move in God's salvation for his people, but the cross is the point of total humiliation for God the Son. But why? A pastor and theologian called Doug Wilson said, explains this for us, says he did not do this in order to demonstrate just how low he could stoop, as though that stooping were aimless, pointless. Rather, he ordained that stooping this low, that is to the cross, would be the means by which he overcame the world, defeating Satan, sin, and death. The means by which we as sinners could be forgiven of our sins if we would only receive him as our saviour and trust in that cross, that death, as payment for our sins. Now that's starting to make more sense. Doesn't that give Christmas true meaning? I wonder if hearing about what Christmas meant for Christ might change your view of Christmas. When you think of what he left behind in order to come, that he laid down his rights and his privileges as almighty God, and that even in his life, it was one of a continual laying down until he was left with nobody and nothing, and he, all he had left was his life, and he willingly chose to lay that down as well so that we might be forgiven of our sin. You see, the reason why he came as a man and the reason why he laid down his life by dying on the cross was because that was the plan. That was the plan set in eternity for the salvation of us, God's people. Because on that cross, that's the very place where that thing that kept us from God, our sin, and his righteous, just anger against that sin was taken upon Jesus Christ himself. He died our death. And he rose again to life, having paid the price for our sins so that all who believe in him and acknowledge exactly what we've been reading in Philippians 2 tonight might have eternal life. And I wonder if you have considered that. So is Christmas as sentimental as we often make out? Is it just about the traditions? No. I'm not a party pooper on the traditions either. I actually love the traditions. The family, the generosity of the giving of gifts. But let's not obscure the real meaning of Christmas. Let's not lose that in the fog of our tradition. But maybe this Christmas time, let's understand and remember what he left behind in order to be born as a baby. What happened before Bethlehem? And what happened after Bethlehem? 
and then we'll see what Christmas truly meant for Jesus Christ, who truly is the Savior of the world. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together.